I'm Scott Paul, and this is the Manufacturing Report. Here at the Alliance for American Manufacturing, Made in America is near and dear to our hearts. And it's become an important campaign issue as well, since battleground states including Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin are all in play in the upcoming November presidential election. That's why I've asked two of my colleagues from the Alliance for American Manufacturing, Scott Bowes, who is our Senior Vice President for Government Affairs and Policy, and Elizabeth Brotherton Bunch, who is our Senior Vice President for Communications, to join me on the podcast to talk through the claims the candidates are making about manufacturing, buy America, and infrastructure. First, let's hear the candidates in their own words. Here is Donald Trump from the signing of a Buy America executive order back in 2017. This election, the American people voted to end the theft of American prosperity. They voted to bring back their jobs and to bring back their dreams into our country. In just a few moments, I will be signing a Buy American and Hire American executive order. You haven't heard about that in a long time in this country. With this action, we are sending a powerful signal to the world. We're going to defend our workers, protect our jobs, and finally, put America first. Joe Biden has his own Made in America plan. Here's him recently describing it in Michigan. I do not buy for one second that the vitality of American manufacturing is a thing of the past. American manufacturing was with a functioning arsenal of democracy in World War II, has to be part of the engine of new prosperity in America now. So today, I'm releasing a blueprint I think the press has how to create millions of good-paying union jobs, building products and technologies that we need now and will need in the future. And it starts with a pretty basic idea. When we spend taxpayers' money, when the federal government spends taxpayers' money, we should use it to buy American products and support American jobs. Hey, Scott and Beth, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Great. So let's talk about what the presidential candidates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, are doing and saying about infrastructure and buy America. And Scott Bowes, I wanted to ask you first, because we heard that clip of Donald Trump talking about a buy America, hire America executive order. And we will recall that I think virtually every day on the campaign trail back in 2016, he would utter those words. So what, in fact, did the Trump administration do on Buy America, Hire America? And did he fulfill the promises that he that he made back in uh, 2016? Well, Scott, President Trump and even before that, then candidate Trump, as you heard, reiterated will follow two simple rules, buy American and hire American. And and that clip was on a day when he signed the first of three executive orders that, you know, at the end of the day, as I'll note, really had very little meaningful impact. I would describe them as public displays of inaction, lots of pomp and circumstance, lots of signing ceremony action, but ultimately very little meaningful outcome for the amount of American-made products that our taxpayers are, are purchasing. 
So I'll just quickly summarize them. The, the first one was in 2017. It was the Buy American, Hire American Executive Order. And all it did was ask government officials to assess the impact of trade agreements on our Buy America laws. And it also asked for various agencies to compile a report with recommendations to the president on how we can strengthen the laws. So again, as I noted, nothing there required anything. It was just kind of an analysis. About a year and a half later, followed up on that first executive order with a second one that literally, I'm using this word now officially, encouraged recipients of federal dollars to do more on buying American-made products, steel, cement, other manufactured products that are used in infrastructure. The key word, encourage, again, no requirement whatsoever. And again, asking agencies to provide a report to the president on various opportunities where they could encourage more purchasing. And then finally, also in 2019, there was yet another executive order that asked other government agencies to consider making changes to the Buy American Act, which applies to when the government directly buys things, not infrastructure, typically when they're buying materials, supplies, et cetera. But again, the key word there is consider strengthening the law. And here we are at the end of the first term and these executive orders, four things. One, they did not impose any new Buy American policies. They've failed to apply Buy American policies to the vast infrastructure spending that we have that is insignificant, but still significant on its own. It didn't expand the type of materials that are covered typically now. It's just iron and steel. So there's lots of other things like other metals, plastics, lumber. All these things are free and purchased from foreign suppliers. And as I noted, with direct government procurement, none of that has been strengthened. So when the government directly buys stuff, generally a lot of it is, is foreign. So I would say lots of promises, lots of public displays of inaction. And here we are four years later, desiring a whole lot more. So Scott, if we were PolitiFact, And the claim that Donald Trump is making is that I have followed through on my Buy America, Hire America promise. We'd have to rate that as mostly false, it sounds like. Well, Scott, the White House will use various numbers to try to demonstrate that they have improved the situation. They'll tell you that they've reduced the amount of waivers that are issued. They'll tell you that the government has purchased more on American-made goods. However, Numbers are easily manipulated. There's very little transparency into the context of those numbers. So, yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, Multiple Pinocchios. Yeah. And encourage and consider are a far cry from just a declarative kind of buy America or buy American and tightening up those rules. I recall the PPP loan form which of course, in response to the pandemic, the Congress passed, the administration signed into law this program where lots of different types of businesses and some nonprofit organizations could receive emergency assistance in the form of what people think is a forgivable loan to maintain their payroll and uh, other sorts of expenses. There's an attestation on there that folks must sign that basically says that they will um, and, and I'm trying to recall the exact word, but they will strive to buy American-made goods and services whenever feasible. That's also unenforceable and a far cry from a outright requirement to buy America. That's right. And just to give you one other example, very early in the administration, the, the president signed an executive order trying to accelerate various energy projects and, and pipeline permitting. And, and within that, he ask for a report, trying to get more American-made 
steel and those pipelines. But again, nothing binding about it, nothing enforceable. And it's a pattern we've seen throughout this first term of the presidency of, of Donald Trump making grand promises, but ultimately very little outcome. Yeah. And I guess it's worth noting as we record this podcast that there are still about 650,000 manufacturing workers that were laid off during the pandemic who still don't have a job. We saw in August a record monthly manufacturing trade deficit. It just ballooned to an unprecedented level. And it's been pretty weak now for about a year and a half, at least. So the summary then, Scott Bowes, would be that Trump talked a lot about Buy America, but for in terms of meaningful regulatory or legislative changes that they have driven, the results have left us wanting. To date, Scott, I am unaware of any change in law that is a result of this president's actions or any executive action that has meaningfully changed the practice of our government in buying more American-made products. Thanks, Scott Bowes. Now, let me ask Elizabeth Brotherton Bunch about Joe Biden. And we heard a clip from a uh, Joe Biden event with a uh, Made in America plan. Beth, what is that all about? Yeah. So thanks, Scott. You know, Joe Biden, I think, clearly sees an opening in this area for as much as Donald Trump talked about by America when he was running for president in 2016. And, you know, as Scott Bowes outlined all the talk that happened early on in the administration, Biden clearly sees an opening here. And he has made a point of talking by America whenever he can on the campaign trail. We actually saw this a few days ago during the presidential debate. He was talking about his overall plan and he made sure to mention by America. He noted that the federal government spends about $600 billion a year on everything from ships to steel and buildings and the like. Earlier this month, he went to Michigan. He visited with auto workers there, talked about his role in the 2009 auto rescue. And again, he made a point to bring up Buy America and how he is committed to Buy America. As for what is actually in his plan, it's a $400 billion plan, and it's a commitment to Buy America procurement. So every time the federal government spends money, he is saying up to $400 billion will be on American-made goods. That Buy America plan was included as part of his bigger economic plan. It also included $300 billion for research and development, you know, which isn't just manufactured goods. It's also looking into new technologies and things like that. And together, Biden is promising that the $400 billion Buy America procurement plan and the $300 billion for R&D will create up to 5 million new jobs, many of them in manufacturing, not all of them, of course, some of those will be in research and development. So, you know, they're pretty big ideas, but he clearly is committed to this notion of Buy America, is promising to put Buy America provisions in place should he get elected. And he, you know, he keeps talking about it. We keep seeing him talking about it. So he clearly, again, sees an opening to go after Donald Trump on this. It's interesting because there was a lot of speculation that Joe Biden would kind of revert to the form of national Democrats of decades ago, where they would look a little more global, international. But it sounds like Biden has kind of leaned into this, and particularly in some of these manufacturing states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, sees a real opening here because what the Trump administration promised they didn't really deliver on. And that's coupled with kind of a higher than normal unemployment rate in manufacturing right now. 
Yeah, I think that's true. You know, because of uh, the coronavirus pandemic, Joe Biden isn't out campaigning probably as much as he'd like. He's spending a lot of time in Delaware doing work from there. But when he goes out on the trail, when he actually goes and visits with voters and gives speeches and stuff, it's happening in a lot of industrial heartland states. He's gone to Michigan. He was just up in Pennsylvania and he's talking about these issues. So clearly he's trying to signal that this will be a priority for him, trying to reach out to those voters who, you know, maybe they've lost their job. They've seen factories close in their community. They've seen politicians come in year after year and make promises and not keep them. And Biden is coming in and, you know, trying to convince them that he'll actually follow through on this. Indeed. Just one last thing, Beth, before I let you go. I know we may not see another debate, given the president's health situation right now. But in the debate in Cleveland, it was a claim that the president made about creating 700,000 new manufacturing jobs. How did we rate that? And I guess, how did PolitiFact rate that claim? Yeah, so I think we rated that as false. You did see some big job gains, I think, in the first year and a half of his administration. I think it was like 450,000 new manufacturing jobs. But a lot of people have attributed that to actually the Obama administration and the economic growth that you saw during the tail end of Obama's second term. And then the sector started to slow quite a bit. Just before the pandemic hit earlier this year, there were already signs that manufacturing was in a recession. We saw some months where growth was really sluggish, there weren't that many jobs or declines. And then, of course, the pandemic and the shutdowns just changed everything. The latest jobs numbers from September show that manufacturing is still down about 650,000 jobs. So 650,000 factory workers who lost their jobs at the start of the pandemic start back at work. So we have a long way to go to just get back to where we were, let alone seeing like really strong, steady growth. Thank you. We know these issues matter to a lot of voters, particularly to working class folks over the country. And so, Scott and Beth, I'm glad that you could shed a little light on what the candidates have said, what the candidates have done, and what some of the facts are. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. And that will do it for the Manufacturing Report this week. You can find more information about what the candidates have been saying and doing about Buy America and Manufacturing on our website, AmericanManufacturing.org. As always, I'd like to thank the great team at AAM for making this podcast possible, including our executive producer, Kat Adams. I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for engaging with us and for giving us great episode ideas. Please keep them coming. And while you're at it, please review us and give us a rating. We'd appreciate it, and it helps us find new listeners who may be interested in our content. You can find us online at AmericanManufacturing.org. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. And you can also tweet us at Keep It Made in USA. I'm Scott Paul, and until next time, together we can keep it made in America. <laughs>